You're listening to the Utah Checkdown Podcast. And now your hosts, Josh Furlong and Robert Jackson. Welcome back to another edition of the Utah Checkdown. I am Josh Furlong, and I'm joined here with Robert Jackson. What's going on, Robert? Dude, Josh, we're, we are 30 days away from college football, for, for, from Utah football. Is that oh, it? Even closer for college football. But yeah, 30 days. Man, we're where's ready. the summer gone? Yeah, are you I, ready? Admittedly, I, I have to say that I felt like this summer did go a lot faster. Uh, and I don't know why that is, because, you know... It dragged on, but I, I, I think it was it was nice to feel like we got to go into this. It you know football felt like it's coming faster. Uh, maybe maybe some of that conference realignment stuff nonsense. No, we're not going to talk a lot about that today. We, we've done that a bunch, but uh, <laughs> it sure passed the time. You know, re- <laughs> but, reading but all did. the different message boards and <laughs> everybody has their sources. But uh, the one thing that we can source you on is that hey, Utah started practice yesterday. Football's back. Football's back. How was Camp Kyle day one, man? Camp Kyle was good. I mean, it's it's hard to fully get a, an understanding of everything now. Uh, Kyle has kind of paired things back. We only get to talk to the players after camp's over, so we don't get to see them, um, at least practice. But, you know, by all accounts, it, it was a good day. Um, you know, look, let's just jump right into it. Let's let's hear Kyle say what, uh, what day one was all about. Good day. We've got a veteran group. That's uh, what we expected. Um, you know, the offense, a lot of returning guys, quarterback, in particular, and uh, we were, you know, for the first day, really good. Uh, you know, I don't know what else to say. Defensively, moving around good. Uh, the new additions, Mo Diabate, Cody uh, Lander Barton, uh, Clayton Isabel. I mean, there's some really good additions that uh, will be factors as far for us on defense. First off, how often is Lander Barton going to be referenced as Cody Barton? I feel like Kyle's going to make that That's slip the first a lot. of 127 times this season, right? <laughs> yeah. And how many times before the TV broadcasts are like, and the you know the brother of uh, NFL linebacker, yeah, I mean, former U. If you've been a fan of Utah football for a while now, like how many times did we hear, hey, did you know that Andy Phillips was a skier? And this is his first time playing college football? Britton Covey's in his uh, 15th year of, of football? Every single broadcast. But, you know, you're trying to – to grow your audience, right? You're trying to pull in maybe the casual college football fan that maybe hasn't seen a Utah football game. So, you know, but get used to hearing those those kind of storylines because, yeah, you're going to hear a lot about Cody and Linder Barton That's and Jackson true. Barton too, right? That's you true. know, like, <laughs> so, at I least, mean, at least yeah, Cody I, and Lander play the same position. So that would be at least somewhat of this yeah, comparison. But, but I think if you're an incoming freshman to get called out day one of fall camp like that, I mean, that's got to be like, uh, a pretty good thing for the the status of replacing someone that was a first round draft pick in Devin Lloyd, right? Like that that has to be a huge um, relief for defensive coordinator Morgan Scally to know that he has, you know, yeah, they may not be you know Devin Lloyd today, but they're they're on the path, right? Like they they are going to be um, solid you know, replacements for him and, and, you know, potentially, you know, we don't, we don't know the sky's the limit for these guys. Like this is one of the highest recruits that Utah's ever received in Lander Barton. So I, and then, and then you, he, he mentioned the, uh, the transfer from Florida who Utah gets to play in week one uh, in Diabonte. Uh, you know, the, the linebackers are going to be great. You know, it's yeah, that there may be some learning curves, learning the new system for the first time, but the, the talent, the raw talent is there. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. 
I think the the fact that Kyle's making mention of them on the very first day after what he you know, said was, uh, you know, a solid day. I, I think that bodes really well. Uh, everybody, I think, is expected to, to question what's going on with linebacker just simply because you're not returning a ton of veteran talent. But I think Utah's, you know, fine. It, it is funny, though, to hear, hear Kyle talk about that. It, it, he kind of had the same impression of the first day of camp as, as I would expect most people would of Utah, knowing that they're returning a lot of, of players, a lot of veteran players, a lot of experience. It, you know, he even said it. He's like, I don't know what to say. It was a good day, you know, and I, and, and I think that bodes well for, you know, Utah being, you know, predicted to, to win the conference and, you know, being a top 10 team coming into the season. I think you, you have to start that way. If, if Kyle had come out and said, uh, we've got a lot of work to do, we got a lot of things that way, I think, you know, I think people would be worried. But Kyle seemed, you know, I, I, I don't want to say – like he wasn't in football mode, Kyle. There's obviously different in spring and, and and fall. Kyle. Kyle is very loose in spring because he doesn't have to game plan. In fall, he's much more uh, serious and focused. But I still think there was an air of uh, you know confidence as well as relaxation there. I think he he's feeling good about where things are. Granted, it's day one, right? Like let's be real. You're not learning anything day one. They don't have pads on. They they don't have any of that stuff. But I think from that standpoint, you know, he said it was like a day eight or day nine of, of practice, you know, and, and that's good. The fact that the offense is, is, you know, on par with that and the defense is doing well and they're, they're hitting those strides. I, you know, I think that's a great way to be able to start off uh, this fall camp. Um, so with that, what, what, what are kind of your what, what when you open up fall camp, you've been around Utah a long time. You've, you've been to many of these day one things. What, what are kind of you looking forward to as fall camp starts? Uh, to me, I mean, because I mean, you're not in full contact mode, right? So basically, you're in shells. Uh, what is known as, I mean, uh, they're probably just wearing helmets. You know, and, you know, once you hit day two or three, they start wearing shoulder pads, but you still don't really fully hit until day four of fall camp or um, of camp. And so, usually, these first couple of days, it's just more about attitude, execution. How is how's the team getting along? Um, you know, you know, back, you know, back in the day when we had to walk uphill both ways in the snow, <laughs> back back when we used to be able to watch a little bit of fall camp, you know, you could see, you could see that. And it, it's a different beast right now, you know, with access and, you know, some, some, uh, you know, trying to not necessarily control the narrative, but control basically, um, you don't want to tip your hand and give give people competitive advantages and be like, Hey, wait, we're, we're going to run this flea flicker that we ran at the end of practice against Florida week one. And you, you don't want to do that. Right. You want to, to be able to have any sort of advantage that you can. And it, as a media member, you, you like to be able to see those kind of things. I remember, you know, watching, you know, Travis Wilson and the development that he had, you know, going back even further and Jordan win and, you know, and it, it just, it's unfortunate that he could never stay healthy. Right. You know, the, the glass shoulder, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you hope to see players gelling and meshing. And one of the, the key positions there that uh, Kyle mentioned was, uh, I don't think he mentioned it in, in that quote, but he didn't talk about it was getting Jaron Crump, Crump, Crump back on the offensive line, because that was one of the struggle points, you know, early on in the season is the offensive line just wasn't gelling. Right. Uh, you could, you could, you put it on, you know, they, you know, they weren't, you know, playing as hard for Charlie Brewer as they would, you know, under cam rising, whatever it might be the the offensive line wasn't as good as they need to be. Uh, and they're, they're not going to have that, uh, um, easy warm up game this season. So you're, you're, you're playing a tough sec opponent at their house 
in week one. The offensive line has to get going right out of the get-go. You can't have any warm-up period there. So to to, to me, you, you you look for those kind of things like, hey, how, how's the offensive line looking? How how are people's legs feeling? Are are, are people looking refreshed and look like, look like they're having fun? You know, early on in fall camp, people shouldn't be burnt out already. You know, it should be like an excitement in the air. And, and one of the things that we saw was, you know, uh, this season that was different than in years past is it looks like they had like some sort of like foam helmets. Like, can you tell us about that? Like <laughs> what, what, what's going on there? They're called the guardian caps. They're they, if you've seen any of the pictures and, and by now you, you probably have the, they're this foam fitted um, covering over a, a helmet and all the Utah players were, were asked to wear them. Um, the NFL has really pushed forward with this. They have to wear them during training camp. And so when you, uh, you, you know, when you hit it, it, they say it, it has a 20% reduction in you know, vibrations and different things so that it keeps these players safe. Um, and it, it, it's interesting. They're, they're big, right? Like you look at it and they look like the most massive heads that you've ever seen in the world. Um, but it's supposed to protect. Um, Kyle talked about not doing a ton of live work this year simply because they have a lot of veteran players. But this goes, you know, in a ways to be able to protect but, I, you know, I've, I've, I've heard a lot of, of disagreements and acceptance around using these because there's, there's, there's a problem with it, right? You come in here and you come into fall camp and, you know, you, you're using these caps to, to absorb the blows and, and the hard hits and different things. But when you get into a real game, you're not using that. And so what does that do for a player? Does it knock them off course a little bit? Does it does it hurt their their progress? Will it take a few weeks? You know, if they keep moving forward with this in college, or is this the way of college, where in games now you have to wear these guardian caps? I, I think it's interesting. Solomon Enos, I talked to him about it, asked his his perception of it. Uh, he he didn't seem to be too much of a fan without saying that fully. Um, oh, but really? He, he said, when it's time to review this, and I tell the people, I will definitely give them my review. But you, the way he said it was. Uh, he he didn't seem to like it, so I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just because it's big, it's bulky. Um, I I think you know I've read a lot of reports from the NFL that that players do like not having that vibration that that they normally get when they get rocked, you know, from a, a hard hit from a defensive lineman or something like that. But um, they're they're definitely weird. I don't know. Do you, do you, do you think do you think the NFL slash college needs to move forward with these types of things? Do you think what they have uh, right the, now? The is health fine? of the players are the number one concern, right? Like. Um, and, and and especially for a team that doesn't have as much depth as you know, you know the, the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world. Like everybody knows, like most most uh, you know players on the first team can can play pretty much across the board. Across yeah, maybe across all of Power Five. I would say I'm, I'm not going to make the stretch that say San Jose State's first team can go toe to toe with Alabama's first team. But <laughs> what? I'd say across most of the Power Five, like. The first team is pretty going to be pretty comparable. Obviously, the SEC, the Big Ten schools are going to have a little bit more talent, top-end talent. But uh, overall, the, the big difference comes in is when, okay, you're starting, you know, safety needs a breather. You're starting wide receiver needs a breather, whatever it might be. And then the next guy comes in and it's like, well, at Ohio State, that's another five-star recruit that they had. You know, that's another five-star player. Whereas, you know, some of these other schools, it may be, you're going from a four or three star to a two or a walk on, you know, yeah. that's, that's the big, big difference there. So I think the health and safety of these players too is, is, is paramount, right? Like you don't want to see these gruesome injuries, these, especially neck and head injuries. Those are very scary. And I mean, you, you've been watching college football enough. You, you've seen these big hits. You've seen the players have to get carted off the field 
it's not it's not a fun sight to watch as a fan, but more importantly, as you know, just think about you know that guy's father and mom having to watch their son, you know, carried off the the field in a cart because. You know, well, and it's, and it's so different to be on the sidelines, right? Like right. Y- being in the stands, yeah, it definitely is one of those things where you know you can see how hard they hit. But when you're on the sidelines and they're coming at you, those those are some significant hits. And so a lot of these guys, they're they're going full blow at each other, you know. And 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 the game has progressed in a way that yes, it is a little bit safer. It's still a violent sport. That's the nature of it. That you know you can't get away from that unless you just completely scrap football in the way that it is. But but in my opinion, like with these caps, like. I'm not saying you shouldn't use them. And, and I, you know, there's obviously an acclimation period in the NCAA, how they have to get onto the, you know, uniforms, the full pads and all that other stuff. But in the same way, like if, if you're going to wear those because you feel like it's safe for practice, like why aren't you wearing those in a game setting? And I'm not necessarily advocating for that. Right. Like I don't, I don't know if I have a full stance on that, but I think if you're going to do it one way, you have to kind of carry that forward. And I don't know if that's the best approach for that. It would be kind of funny to see all these players trot out with that. Speeds would go down. You can imagine wide receivers trying to run with that. Oh, but. my goodness, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I that's the, the same argument that they make against, you know, an expanded college football playoff is like, oh, well, think about the, the, you know, the number of games and then the number of um, contacts that each, you know, player has on average over the course of a game. And we don't want to increase that and the, the chance of risk and this – I get it. You know, I to- I totally get it. But the at the at the end of the day, if the players want it, if the fans want it, um, you know, I'm on board. Like uh, increase the number of games. Like if the players want it, like by all means. Like if if they feel like, hey, we want a shot at, you know, competing against the best in the country in an expanded playoff, then I mean, if if they're willing and wanting that, I would say go for it. And and the same goes with the helmet. If if the guardian caps are a huge distraction, right? And, and day one, it's obviously going to be like, okay, like this is kind of weird. But if things settle in over the course of the week, and you know, people are like, ah, oh, you don't even notice it, and then you know, maybe it is something that you want to carry on through camp. I don't see them ever implementing these necessarily in games, but I think the that the technology of helmets in general needs to evolve. I mean, these aren't you know, the, these hits that they are participating in are. I mean, you, you, it seems like every season they get harder and more vicious Yeah, and these players are, I mean, they're like fine-tuned missiles, like that are launching at each other. And it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's one of these things that the, the technology, the safety of these players needs to evolve. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't see them trotting out these, these guardian caps per se, but yeah, I think that the technology and the safety of the helmet itself probably needs to, to be updated. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think, you know, I think they'll get there. They've continued to make progress with it. I've seen a lot of development in the helmet. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting how it, it moves forward. Um, but let's be real. You're not listening to us to, to listen to guardian caps or helmets. So let's, let's move forward with uh, some more. Followed by our sponsor, <laughs> guardiancaps.com. Yes. No, we don't. <laughs> but you know, they're more than welcome to talk to us. So, uh, oh, but, of course. but I think some of the, the interesting things coming, uh, from the, the first day of fall camp is, is everybody talking about cam rising being fully healthy. You know, he mentioned it. He talked about being fully healthy. He feels like he's got full motion of his arm. Um, I, you know, he was never going to admit last year that he didn't fully fill uh, his ability to be able to get that deep pass. 
but I think he's starting to feel that now. He's 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 able but, to do but that. Do you feel like that was part of the reason? If he if if Kyle if Cam if everybody kind of knew that he wasn't one hundred percent, is that kind of the reason why he wasn't wasn't given the starting position? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, like it, the the thing is, like he was the starter in twenty twenty, right? So it's not like he wasn't a known commodity you know kyle has always talked of his love of cam i i really think it came down to you know looking at his his progress he was still fresh off of his shoulder surgery that's not easy you know kyle still under remembers jordan win and being able to to make sure that he's healthy and he's not going to put him out there if he wasn't ready but i think it was just one of those things where charlie brewer you know he had sec play he was you know experienced it made sense and so why not go with the the experienced hand while you can still you know, rehab your quarterback. But obviously in retrospect, it would be easy to say, okay, yeah, let's put Cam out on game one, be able to do all that. But I, I think there was still some reticence there that, you know, he's not fully healthy. He's not able to reach the full depth of his throwing motions. And and yeah, everybody can sit there and say he's a hundred percent. And and he was in full terms of being able to go, right? Like we saw him go the entire season, but I think there's a difference between being a hundred percent in the sense that you can actually make throws and you can still do well and, and being a hundred percent in the sense of unlocking your full arm potential, right? Where you can now get those right. deep passes and do all that. And I think that's, that's where we're going to see cams development this year, right? I think if he can get those, you know, passes, you know, 15, 20 yards past the line of scrimmage, I think that's where we're going to see the progress. If he can do that, I think, you know, we may unlock a different level of rising. I don't know. What do you think? I you know I've been looking through the game log from last season just to look at his longest throw of uh, of each game and you know yeah you see 18 20 yards a lot you see a, cu- a couple I think the flea flicker to Devon Vele against USC was 42 yards he had a 45 throw against Oregon State but I believe that was a catch and run uh, and then a 49 yard throw uh, against Oregon um which also was a catch and run by keithy i think that yeah i mean most of his throws were 10 to 20 yards down the field last season and they're fine they're fine throws yeah i mean they were effective but we didn't see any of like the deep fade route to uh you know a jalen dixon or even a devon Vele like we have seen um in previous seasons you know from this utah offense and you know when you have such a uh, a strong running attack combine that with the the uh elusivity of the tight ends like man like this this offense like where do you if you're a defensive uh coordinator how do, how do you try to game plan against this offense because they have so many different things that they can throw at you different sets different motions uh different different players that can play multiple positions like i mean we, we all talk about okay 13 personnel but i mean there could be a situation where you have multiple running backs on the field at the same time um because of the uh, one the, the depth that they have you know do I foresee it? Do I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what Ludwig has up his sleeve this year. And that's what's so exciting is you don't know, but the, to hear that he's healthy, especially the, the last time we saw him play against Ohio state, he was getting crushed. Um, <laughs> got a concussion. And then he kind of landed, landed awkward and everybody's like, Oh no, there goes the shoulder. You know, luckily it wasn't that. Yeah. I mean, um, still, it was still bad. It was still a concussion, but uh, far, right, far less. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I think that to see a, uh, a, a rising that can throw the ball 40 plus yards down the field with ease is, is going to be a game changer uh, as far as what Ludwig is going to be able to do scheme wise. Um, and it just opens the door for this offense to give him even more options. And, and one of the uh, key positions that uh, 
um, that Whittingham pointed out was a fresh or a Juco wide receiver. Was it not? Yeah, there was that he mentioned in this call out. Yeah, there was a, there was a few, you know, uh, people that he put out. It was, it was Jacon Gilmore. Um, it's, he's a, mm-hmm. he's a junior college transfer. Um, you know, I mean, we don't know anything about him yet necessarily. I mean, I think it's one of those, those players that we'll, we'll figure out as time goes, but he, he seemed high on him. Right. I mean, he, I, I think, right. you know, Devon Vele is, is the number one target and that's, it's unquestioned. Right. You know, he, he made the progress in spring. He, he's he's you know night and day difference you know Solomon Enos is is right up there in that same category at least at the very least number two target um and, but you've got a lot of experienced guys that are there yes their their depth is still a little bit inexperienced but you've got guys that can do it and so I think that's one of those areas where okay Cam's arm if it's healthy you still have to have you have to pair that with receivers that are capable and I think you know Utah forever is they've always had like at least one guy right like you always had somebody that was good Drizzy Drez everybody remembers that Drez Anderson uh, another name that that would get dropped every time on on TV but uh, you, you always had one guy that, that Utah could throw to, and that's fine. You know, Britton Covey has kind of been that guy for a little bit. He kind of takes a lot of that. Brant Keithy has, has stolen that as, as tight ends. But but Utah needs to explore it more. They have to have more than just one guy. They need more than Devon Vele. They need Solomon Enos. They need Jalen Dixon. They need, you know, a lot of these guys, Makai Cope, Money Parks, all these other guys that, that we've talked about over the years, to be able to step up, to be able to make it so that Andy Ludwig can have a, even more diverse offense, Right. Like you mentioned, the 12 personnel, 13 personnel, whatever it may be, you can do a lot of things with that, especially if your wide receivers are capable. The, the reason why a lot of these teams that are, you know, those, those upper echelon teams do well is because they have a well-balanced you know, machine where they've got a strong running back and then they've got you know, a bunch of threats in the field that they can throw to. And I think that's where Utah needs to go. I, I, I kind of, w- with that, I kind of want to point to something that Kyle said. I'm going to play it here in a second, but it's, it's one of those things where he talked about where this team is able to move forward, and it, it definitely is in that, that passing game. So let me play this for you. It's, it's kind of a, a comment that Kyle, I, I don't want to say that I've heard him say much in, in terms of how he, he talks about the team. If we're going to take the next step offensively in our evolution, it is the more big play oriented on the outside. That's the next phase and, and really the final phase. You know, we've always had a strong run game. The action pass game is good, the intermediate game. But we've got to hit on some of those deep balls and be more explosive on the outside. If we can do that, then uh, look out. This offense can be pretty good. He said pretty good at the end. It kind of cuts off with another question. But it's interesting to me because, you know, Kyle Whittingham has always kind of, I don't want to say gotten the knock that it's just a, you know, run team, it's power team that way. And he doesn't really care to pass the ball. He's kind of risk adverse that way. But I think for the first time you're hearing that, he he understands Cam's ability. He understands what the game has shifted to. He understands that Andy has so much more firepower at his disposal if he can get that. And to me, I mean, the fact that he's saying we can be pretty good, Kyle's a really reserved guy, right? Like he's not out there making declarative statements saying, you know, we're going to win the championship or do all that. But when you do hear him say that, that kind of sparks something because he sees it. He understands it, right? He understands the game. He's been around the game longer than many coaches out there. But when he sees that the deep threat game is what he calls it, is is vital to Utah's progress, that that should... that should clue you in as, as something that is as interesting. I don't know. What, what's kind of your takeaway from that, Rob? Uh, yeah, I, w- I would say that the, you know, the offense and taking that next step in the evolving is, is the big play potential because that, that, that basically, I mean, there's a reason why uh, the position um, and the back of the defensive backfield is called safety, right? They're the safety valve. They're, they are the, 
the point of nothing gets behind me, right? And if you as a defense can put an extra safety in the box because you you're gambling that it's going to be a run play, well then you're you you are opening yourself up to um, a potential big play going against you. Like if if the deep, if the offense can counter with you know play over the top, well suddenly you only have one safety that has to cover the whole field, right? And that, and that's a, a very difficult position to do a single high safety. Like that safety has to be pretty darn good, right? To not let anything get behind him. And for Utah, they they had, didn't really have that big play potential through the air, right? Like they they had a couple of nice throws. You know the the flea flicker was one. Uh, but it wasn't like they had that that risk where defenses had to necessarily take into account, okay, Cam Rising could throw this ball, you know, 40 yards down the field. We need to have, you know, two high safeties in this formation. Or, or some teams even do three, um, just depending on, you know, what you're, what you're scheming against. And for, you know, last season, they didn't have that big play potential. You saw a couple of runs, you know, that they were able to break off, or you saw Brent Keithy be able to to shake a tackle and be able to, you know, to get that yards after the catch. But uh, to to evolve as an offense and in what Kyle Whittingham's master vision and Andy Ludwig's master vision of this offense is, is to get those big plays. They, they call them chunk yards or chunk plays where I think for a run it's over 15 yards and for a pass I think it's over 20 yards I can't I don't know the official statistic statistic that they use but uh, something like that where they're trying to get more chunk plays because we know that Utah can move you know up and down the field right they they were able to move in between the 20s seemingly at will but they didn't really do it in two plays right it yeah. took them 10 like these nice 10 play drives where versus you know we, we were watching you know Ohio State on the other sideline two plays they were able to do it literally <laughs> two plays <laughs> because of that chunk play I mean that's just such a huge thing to be able to have and then you know you notice that Utah when Ohio State was was able to do that they're like okay well now we have to counter with what you guys are doing mm-hmm. we can't we can't bring in a blitz because we need everybody back because we don't know what you're throwing at us right well which opens how, up the ground game for Ohio look State. at how effective that was you know, and they, they kind of nullified Devin Lloyd in a lot of ways right like because they did he, he couldn't do anything you you can sit there and you can try to blitz but when he can get that ball released so fast and be able get it to Jackson Smith and Jigba he already beat the defense right and, and we understand that we, we all watched that game. But I think that's the difference, right? Like when Utah comes out there, tight tight ends are effective, right? We we get it. It's a mis, mismatch. It it you know it, it is what it is. It's it's being utilized more. It's more in vogue in, in in college and NFL right now. But the reason you use that, especially if you have those you know, those you know players on the outside that can streak and get, they can get out there and beat those defenders, that a hundred percent takes away everything, right? That safety now has to respect that tight end, especially somebody like a Brant Keithy or a Dalton Kincaid who can be very dangerous right there. They can't just necessarily keep their head on a swivel and see everything around them, right? They have to be able to respect that. They have to be up there. They have to do that and, and so if you can get you know Devon Vele or Jalen Dixon or Solomon Inez getting past that defender you've got now that target that you know they're, they're streaking down the field and you can get that 40 yard bomb you've got somebody on the inside in this you know a, a corner route or something like that that you can get there but then also you still have to respect the run if Utah can get that in all facets of the game it is incredibly difficult to scheme against. The best defenses in the in the league have a hard time. And I'm not saying Utah's going to be this other world offense, right? That's not what I'm saying. 
But I'm saying that's where Kyle's trying to get. If you can get those outside threats, now you're a fully you know dimensional game where where opposing defenses right. have no idea how to scheme against you. You've got Tavion Thomas, you've got Makai Bernard, you've got Jalen Glover. Those three right there alone are going to be dynamic in the run game. Now you've got the two tight ends that are probably arguably some of the best in the country. Now you've got some you know talented receivers. Where do you go? Where do you stop that? And I think that's where Utah can be so dynamic this year. And they have to, right? They're like, there's no secret what Utah wants to do offensively. And uh, from a defensive coordinator's um, um, point of view, Utah, it, I mean, they're going to put eight guys at minimum in the box to try to stop down, st- slow down this running game. And until proven otherwise with these, these weapons that Utah has on the outside and until proven otherwise, they're not going to respect the passing game. No, but if, if, I mean, if against Florida, if Cam Rising throws for 300 yards, you know, Devon Bailey's got, you know, a touchdown. Keithy's got a touchdown. Kincaid's got a touchdown. Well, suddenly that changes their tune, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, well, we can't we can't do what we thought we could do against you. Now we have to to, to, to change it up. And so that that is the um the wild card for this Utah offense is they they have the quarterback, they have top end receivers. I I would say, you know, they're, they're one and two are really good. But what about the rest of the guys, right? Uh, are they going to be able to step up and to, to be able to perform uh, when asked? And it, it, it's it's a tough. I, I think the, what playing wide receiver at Utah is tough because if if you're asked to to run block eighty percent of the time, <laughs> you know it's like oh man. And then you have one ball thrown at you and it's behind you and you're like ah, I, there was my one chance and I you know <laughs> yeah. you 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 hope that they have the. Um, it, it, it's hard to to spread the, the football around. Like there's only one football, like <laughs> you only have 80 to 90 touches a game, you know, and, and that's actually a lot. That's, you know, for a higher tempo offense, you yeah. know, some games you may be, you know, in the lower seventies uh, if they really slow the game down. So uh, you, you hope that the, these players can stay um, motivated to, to do their job. Right. And when asked or when called upon that they can step up and perform at a high level. Uh, I, if they can do that, the sky's the ceiling for this team because they they have the talent, they have the uh, they're not implementing a new offense this season. They have like everything's in place, right? They have the quarterback returning, like everything is falling into a place into place for this Utah offense to to succeed. And so we'll we'll see what they can do. You know, uh, that that week one defense will be a tough test. And yeah. that will be a good barometer for for how they can perform the rest of the way. Well, and, and and obviously Utah wants to start fast, right? They want to be able to get, you know score points quickly. But but don't be surprised if Andy Ludwig wants to to kind of game plan in that first quarter and kind of trick the defense, so to speak, right? You're gonna see you're probably gonna see a lot of runs up the middle, trying to get people, like you said, to load up that box, and then all of a sudden he's gonna explode. He's gonna get those crossing routes, for, you know, with with the tight ends, or he's gonna get Devon Bailey or Jalen Dixon or whom whomever. You know, it, it takes time, like. A lot of this stuff in football, I think from fans' perspective, it gets a little frustrating, right? You see it. It's like, why is Andy doing this? Why are we doing this? Why, you know, we didn't get any yards on that. That's not necessarily the point, right? You're, you're trying to scheme towards things that allow the defense to say, okay, this is what they're trying to do. And then you change the script on them and completely destroy them, right? And I think yeah. that's where that next step comes, right? Utah has the way to be able to do whatever they can that way. They, they could start out passing, right? They could start doing that. And then all of a sudden you open up 
up the ground game. That's the fortunate thing for this Utah offense right now is they now have the ability to do whatever. It's not, okay, we know John White is going to go out there and run for a billion yards and you know we're not going to pass it because that's all we have. Now you've got all these different things. You've got these different talents. You've got these different targets that are going to help. So, you know, don't be frustrated if you see Andy not doing what you think should be done, right? It's going to take time. That's not to say that, you know, he's perfect. Well, and, every, uh, everybody at home is a master offensive coordinator. I mean, I mean, when you take it to Twitter, I'm I mean, waiting everybody for my payday. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, you, <laughs> I remember a streak last season where you were, you know, you had a couple plays in a row where, like, hey, you know, maybe, you, maybe you do have a career in the uh, in the coaching business. Not, not, not really, but, but, but I think that's the point, right? Is I, I think just let it come, right? And and, and one right. of those times, those plays that are expected just to be like, okay, we're going to pick up three yards here. What we're trying to do is is suck in the defense and make them, you know, respect the run a bit. And Tavion Thomas or Jalen Glover, somebody breaks it off for a you know sixty yard touchdown. Th- those are going to happen, right? Those things happen. But I think you know the game the game moves I- in a different way as an offensive coordinator coordinator, excuse me, than than most people expect. So I, I think this is great progress for Utah. We we still have so much more to go, right? I think it's day one. You know, I, I'm excited to actually talk about football, um, and, and I think that's fun. So. I don't know. I, I think it's a great opportunity to be able to keep moving forward. Uh, I think there's more we're going to learn, especially when the pads come on. But I think you should just be happy that football's back. It is back. Right. And, uh, you know, one of the uh, the things that we're going to be doing here on, on, on KSL.com is, is trying to get you as much information uh, as a fan as possible. And Josh and his team do a, a, a tremendous job. So make sure you come back to KSL.com. Uh, read the articles, integrate, engage with with what we're doing. We're hoping to do. I mean, we are going to do our uh, KSL.com football college football pickup contest. We'll be launching that next week, as well as uh, hopefully, if I can get the motivation to finish it, <laughs> we'll be having a uh, <clears throat> a, a fan poll where people will be able to interact with the top twenty five. And it, it it's it's been done in different you know uh, different uh, entities have tried to do it and um. For whatever reason, it just hasn't been super successful, but we're going to try to do our own spin on it. So you'll be able to to uh, basically put in your top 25 for each week and go toe-to-toe with the AP voters, see how you do. Um, so, you know, be looking for that on our on our website. We do, we do, if you have any other ideas, you know, please hit us up, you know. Um, we're always listening to our users and want to do cool things that, you know, provide a... Uh, an, an awesome user experience. So if you guys have ideas, let us know for sure. And we'll see what we can do. Yeah. We're excited to be able to talk about a lot of these things. Yeah, no, I think, I'm excited. No, no, I'm excited. No, but I think <laughs> we're all excited. We, we, we have a lot of fun things that we're, we're hoping to bring to you this year. Uh, I think we can uh, have a lot of fun. You know, we want to interact with you guys, bring you on and be able to, to talk about the things that you want to talk about. So hit us up with anything that you have. Um, we're, we're happy to do it, but, uh, thanks for checking out the Utah Checkdown, and, uh, we'll return to you next week as we continue on with our Utah football coverage.